want to welcome everybody for joining in tonight. Thank you on this beautiful Sunday evening. We finally was able to get a little bit of a little bit of rain today here. Um, man, I just don't think this summer is ever going to end. It's just been a hot one. Um, but anyways, what brought me to what brought me to this 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 sermon or message that I wanted to bring tonight is that you know someone asked me the other, asked me yesterday. As a matter of fact, they said, you know, when do we when do things get any better? And they asked me. They said, when is it? Does the does does the hurting stop, or does the bleeding stop, or or you know just basically when are anything is going to get any better? <clears throat> and so as I was thinking about that, as I was driving home yesterday, a passage of scripture came to my mind that's been you know it's been on my mind all my all night. <clears throat> and I want to title this: "You get what you go for." Um, sometimes that's a hard thing, a hard pill to swallow, and I'll explain that to you in depth here in a few minutes. But you know, sometimes in life. We really do get what we go for. Um, so we're going to turn to the book of James tonight. Um, we're going to be coming through James chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Um, book of James, one of my favorite <clears throat> books in the Bible. Um, but starting off with James 1, starting on James 1, 5, it says, If any of you lack in wisdom, let him ask of God. They give it to all men liberally, and upbraid it not. And it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven by the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he should receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but in the rich that he is made low. Blessed is a man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away from his own lust and enticed. <clears throat> When I read that passage of scripture, there's a few words that stick out to me. One of the words is unstable. The word unstable. Another one of the words is tempted. And there's and as we saw it in the last in the last passage of the scripture right there, the word drawn away. I wanted to entitle this message, You Get What You Go For. And I want to ask you something. What is it that you're pursuing in life? What is your desire? What are you going after? What is it that motivates you? If your life has been anything like mine, then you then you should know that what we what we seem to go after all the wrong things. And a lot of times those things always seem to be not of God. Sometimes the things we go for have negative consequences. Mine did. Mine cost me years out of my life. But let's take this a step further. How about we get what we allow in our lives? Hmm. Want me to repeat that? How about we get what we allow in our lives? A lot of times when we are in pursuits, when we're in our pursuits, we don't take the time to stop. We don't take the time to think things through. And we don't think it's just really how see how far we're going to go. And then a lot of times the things that we go for comes along with a lot of unwanted baggage. I want you to realize something right here. You really do in this life get what you go for. When I started reflecting on some of the things in my own life and why this happened or why that or why, 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 why. Or if God really loved me, or or His Word was said what, it, or if He really meant what He said in His Word, then why this or why that? We've all asked ourselves that before. What was I doing wrong? Why do I keep ending up in the same situation that I'm in over and over again? You know that that was one of the bases. You know that that someone asked me yesterday. Why is it do I keep ending up in the same situation? Why is it does it never get any better for me? After about 14 months of sitting in solitary confinement, a little bit of truth hit me. Maybe I should say a little bit of reality. 
Finally. You see, I thought I had this reality thing in check. How could I not? I was only three years into a 10-year prison sentence that had been handed down to me. And if that wasn't enough reality for me, how about this? In those short three years, I had racked up so many violent offenses as a, leading, as a, as a prison gang leader that I found myself separated from even the general population. I was in a one-man cell, one toilet, a concrete slab to sleep on, no mattress, no pillow, uh, no visitation, no phone calls, no letters from friends. I shower every third day, if you're lucky. You know, this was my reality. How about, but this was the only beginning. But why? That's what I've never understood. and That's why I never could comprehend. How did I end up facing all this time at 24 years of age? What, what got me here? What was it that led me here? I never understood. Where did I go wrong? How? I would be willing to say that I literally asked myself that over a million times. And a lot of times when we find ourselves in certain situations that we're not happy with the choices that we make, we ask ourselves, why, why, why? But I want to tell you something about reality. The reality of the situation I was facing wasn't about one thing or this thing or that thing. Because bear in mind, there was more than one charge that got me my sentence. But yeah, here it is. Here I was facing another indictment. How about I was getting really what I was going for? That's the reality of this message I want to share with you. I want you to see something here. Not only do we get what we go for, but we also get the things that come along with it. Want me to repeat that? Not only do we get what we go for, but we also get the things that come along with it. Never underestimate the importance of your own ways, your own desires, and never, never underestimate the fact that it's our own desires and our own ways and the things that we go after that eventually cause the will of God to fade away from our lives. Yet every time something goes wrong in your life, you have the nerve to shake your fist at God and blame God and then ask, why God? But look back at James, what, James 1 14, what it says. It says, every man is tempted when he is what? Drawn away of his own lust and enticed. The, the idea here, what this passage is talking about, is the bait on a fisherman's hook. How it entices the fish to go after it. How it draws that fish away from its nesting place. As we take a commercial break, I want you to ask yourself something. What is it in my life that I have allowed myself to become enticed with? What has become so important to me that I have allowed myself to be drawn away from God's desire and God's purpose in my life? I want to ask you. I want you to ask yourself that. I want to repeat that for you. Just so you get, get a good understanding of what I'm asking you here. I want you to ask yourself. You don't have to answer it to anybody. Just ask within yourself. What is it in my life that I have allowed myself to become enticed with? What has become so important to me that I have allowed myself to be drawn away from God's desire and God's purpose in my life? When we come back from the break, we'll look at a couple of different things that, that I believe can help answer some of those questions that you have going in your mind. We'll be right back. You're making me a fighter, fighter. You're taking me higher, higher. You're giving me the strength I need to believe. Life is worth living because you love me. So many people up ahead of me. Feels like I'll never see the finish line. Hear the voices of the enemy Telling me I'll never see the other side But it's not what they say It's not what I do That defines who I am I need your words I need your words to remind Cause you love me And that's enough That's enough That's enough You love me You're enough You're enough 
take away my abilities I still know who I'm meant to be I can overcome anything Cause your spirit is alive in me Man, I, I really like that song. Uh, anyways, before we went to break, I asked you guys a question. I said, I want you to ask yourself. I want you to ask yourself, what is it? What is it in my life that I have allowed myself to become enticed with? What has become so important to me that I have allowed myself to be drawn away from God's desire and God's purpose in my life? And as we went to break, I told you, I said, when we come back, we're going to look at some of the reasons of the whines, okay? If you've got your Bibles, I want to ask you to go on down a little bit to 1 and 8. And James 1 8 reads, it says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Most of you guys have heard that a million times in church. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. But I want you to know something. We all have our own rights. I have my rights. You have your rights. You have your ways. We all have our own ways. When you're in a relationship, your spouse has their ways. If you want to be happy in that relationship, you have to learn to live their ways as well. But you know what I want to say is we all have our own ways and most of our ways are harmless that you would think. But guess what? I want you to understand that it's our own ways that keep you from seeing the ways of God. Want me to repeat that one for you? It is our own ways that keep us from seeing the ways of God. Isaiah 55, 8, God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, says the Lord. It is our own pursuits, it is our own desires that draw us away from God. We really do get what we go for. Let's go on down to, to down to James 9 and 10. It said it talks about how the man of low degree should rejoice and that he exalted and how the, the rich man, you know, in his humbleness. It's not talking about their economical status here, people. It's not talking about their social status on Facebook. It's talking about their pursuit. It's talking about their spiritual identity. It's not about either of them being poor or rich. It is about their pursuit, how God sees the poor man. He's saying, look, don't worry about how people on this earth see you because I see you in heaven in places. He's talking to the rich man 
man, a somebody, somebody who thinks that he might have it all together because of his fictitious social media status. God says, humble yourself, young man, because your identity is not in this world. Your identity is in Jesus Christ. I want to tell you guys something right now if you don't know this. Let us not forget that Jesus was despised and rejected of men, okay? Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. What, what I want you to see is that when our hearts start to pursue Christ, then slowly but surely we start pursuing the right things. Then we really do start getting what we go for. There was a rich man one Sunday who, who he, I heard a story about this rich man who decided to, to go to church. And as he pulls his brand new expensive car, I don't remember what kind of car it was, but as he pulled his brand new expensive car up to the usher, the usher te- he tells the man, he says, look, this is a really expensive car. He said, you might feel a little bit better if I took this car and parked it around back at our private lot. The church wasn't even the best of area, you know. And the man agrees, and he goes on into the church, and he takes a seat. And as the usher comes back out, walking around the corner, you know, from parking this man's car, up walks another another man, a poor man. A man who was so poor that every, everything that he owned was in one of those shopping carts covered in trash bags. You guys have seen them. They're in every town in America today. Everyone, excuse me, everyone has seen the man pushing the shopping cart with all of his belongings in it. Being that everything the man owned was in this shopping cart, the man's voice... Uh, the man voices his concern about leaving it out in front of the church building. The ushers understanding what he's talking about. Everything the man's on in the, back, in the buggy, you know. And so he says, "Okay, sir, I'll take it around back to our gated lot." And he parks a sharper, and, he, and, and the usher goes and parks this car, shopping cart filled with this garbage bags of this man's stuff right beside this other man's brand new, shined up, expensive car. Let me tell you something. That's what Jesus is all about. It's not about what you got or what you don't have. It's all about Jesus and it always will be. It was with it was about him in the beginning of Genesis and it's going to be and it's about him in the end of Revelations. It's all about what he's wanted to do with you in your life. Never underestimate the power of your desires because you will get what you go after. In verse 14 it talks about being tempted. We are tempted by our own lust, our own passions, our own desires of life. I want you to understand that it is our passions that frame our decisions. And look, I want you to pay. I want you to pay real close attention to this. I have a real good friend out there um, named Brother Brandon. I'm sure he's listening in right now. Brother Brandon, I want you to pay real close attention to this next phrase, and I want you to write it down. We're going to repeat it twice just for you, because I know I know the journey that you're on right now. Okay, and it, when I was writing this, it just dawned on me really right now as I'm as I'm speaking through this microphone how, how important how how this really is and can affect your life. It says, our passions, it is our passions that frame our decisions. Hmm. And it is our decisions that determine our positions. That's deep right there. Whew, that's deep. It is our passions that frame our decisions. It is our decisions that determine our positions. If you want to talk about that a little bit more, you can always call me some other time. But let's move on, okay? Let me repeat it one more time for you, Brother Brandon. It is our passions that frame our decisions, and it is our decisions that determine our positions. Well, with a little patience, if we start desiring the things of God, and our decisions are based on those desires, then it is then and only then that we have positioned ourselves with seeing what God has for us. We begin to see our purpose. Does that make sense to anybody? At some point, we've all been led away, right? There's someone listening right now that don't know how they're going to make it through the night. There's someone out there listening right now that feel like this is it. They finally blew it. We've all been drawn away at some point in our life. Someone listening is at the bottom of the bottle. You're broken. You don't understand how you ended up in the position that you're in. Maybe you feel like all hope is gone. Maybe your desires, maybe you feel like you don't have any desire left in you. Because everything you've ever done has led you to this moment right now. Never underestimate the power 
of your desires, you get what you go for. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion. Your grace, God. 
Man, that is a that is an amazing song right there, man. Um, like holy water. Um, anyways, back back to our lesson tonight. Uh, James one five says, "If any of you lack in wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not." and it shall be given him. I believe that James chapter, chapter 1 verse 5 is truly the heart of God because it says that he gives liberally and without reproach. In other words, God's not sitting around pointing fingers at you. He's not pointing out all of your past mistakes. He's wanting to give to you and he's wanting to give to you generously and openly. He wants to bless you. However, I want you to see according to the word here that every promise comes along with a condition. In verse 5, God wants to pour the blessings out, of, out to you, right? But look at verse 6. Here's your condition. It says, ask in faith with nothing, with nothing wavering and nothing doubting. Did, has anyone ever noticed that before? Every promise in the Bible comes with a condition. I've learned that when I pray, and I know that I'm praying in accordance to the will of God, I don't sit back and expect, or I don't sit back anymore and hope that, that my prayer is going to be expected. I expect it to happen because I ask because it's according to God's will. I want you to remember Numbers 23.9 says, says that God is not a man that he should lie. Think about that. God is not a man that he's going to lie. In verse 7, he goes on to tell us that what's going to happen if we don't meet that condition, right? Nothing. A lot of people miss this. And I want you guys to pay real close attention to this. A double-minded man, okay? It says, look, if you do not meet the condition of the promise, don't expect anything from God. I'm not telling you that. God said it in his word. Nothing means nothing, okay? I believe that God wants to bless every one of you. He's not pointing his finger at you like you're some disobedient kid on a field trip. He's not yelling at you and telling you that you're a bad mother or you're a bad father. God wants to bless you and God isn't the holdup. You are. Why? Because you're getting exactly what you've been going for. You've been going for the wrong things in your life. Same thing in your relationship or in your marriage. Everybody wants a happy marriage, but when you get married, or everybody wants a happy home, but when you get married, you, have, you, you say some vows, right? And those vows, you know, you didn't say those vows, uh, you get better as your spouse gets worse. It didn't say that you get richer while your spouse gets poorer. Healthy marriages and healthy relationships require sacrifice and selflessness. Can I get an amen behind that? Life is the same way. We want all the promises that we hear and read about in God's word. We want God to just go ahead and open up the storehouse one to start pouring the blessings out. We want them. We want what we want when we want it. Remember, what's God is mine, what's yours is mine, and what's mine is mine. It's mine is mine. That's the mentality of our world today. Not only is it in our world, but that's the mentality of ourselves. We want to do it our way. We don't want to change. We don't want to sacrifice nothing. We don't want to give up nothing. We want it all. We want it the way we want it. And then we still expect God to bless us in return. Well, let me give you a newsflash here. God don't work like that. If you want the blessings of God, then you have to pursue the ways of God. And don't even talk about that stupid book I see all the time. People talking about the pursuit of happiness because I'm telling you right now, the only real happiness in this life comes only by the way of Jesus Christ. The only way, the only truth, and the only life. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And he is the undisputed only way to God. But yet you're still stuck in your ways and you're going to still continue to get what you go for until you start going after the things of God. Okay, in Psalms ninety-two, twelve, it talks about this tree. I'll, I'll go ahead and read. I think I, I think I can quote it. I don't remember. Uh, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow up like he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. Some people, and even myself, when I, I've read that verse a hundred, two hundred times, probably never understood what it was talking about. Okay, but let me tell you about this psalm right here. I always used to ask myself, why does God always respond to a palm tree? And no, we're not getting off topic here. You'll see how it ties in in just a second, okay? Have you ever been through a hurricane? 
And I'm not talking about that storm you're going through in your life right now. I'm talking about a physical hurricane. Have you ever noticed that everything that comes into contact with this storm is destroyed? But there is something that's still standing. There's something that's still flourishing. And there's something that's still as green as it was hours before the storm ever hit it. You know what it was? That palm tree. God wants you to be planted. It is the only when you become planted that you can start to flourish. Okay? When it comes to church, it's the same way. You can go to this church. You can go to that church. Get a little here. Get a little there. But you know what the truth of that fact is? A little bit of this and a little bit of that leaves you a what? A whole lot of nothing. Huh. Want me to preach that one for you? A little bit of this and a little bit of that leaves you a whole lot of nothing. Okay? If you got your Bibles with me, I want you to turn. I know we're, I know we're going through some scriptures right now, but this is so important. I want you to kind of get this meaning tonight, okay? Because I know there's some people out here that, that's listening right now on this station that that, that this is that's, that's, that's getting some grit here, you know? You, you're finding some answers here. But I want you to turn to Psalms chapter 106. And I'm going to start in verse 8, and we're going to go down through verse 15. One of my favorite passages in the Bible, but it's a very serious passage. And I'll give you a second to get there. Psalms 106. Verse 8 through 15. Uh, we'll take about a 30 second break before we do this. I'll play about half of a song, give you time to get there. Psalms 106, verses 8. And we'll start in verse 8.
welcome you guys back. Um, as we get started, as we start this closing here, I do want to say this. I want to thank you guys, every one of you, for listening in. We have 63 member, or 63 people listening in to the God's Word tonight. It's not about me. It's not about what I'm trying to do in my life. It's not about what, what you're doing in your life. It's all about what God's doing in the life of all of those around us as well as ourselves. Um, as we go to break, I ask you guys to turn to Psalms 106, verse 8, and, and I'm going to read that. Um, out of my Bible. Um, I, I use a King James Bible, or actually I use a New King James Bible. So if it reads a little bit different from yours, just, just please try to follow along. But it says, Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make his mighty power to be known. He rebuked the Red Sea also, and it was dried up. So he led them through the depths as through the wilderness. And he saved them from the hand of him that hated them, and he redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. And the waters covered their enemies, and there was not one of them left. Then they believed his words and they sang his praise. I want you to pay attention right that verse right there. It says, then they believed his works and they sang his praise. Verse 13 goes, and they soon forget his works and they waited not for his counsel, but they lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God into the desert. And pay attention, he gave them their request, but he sent leanness into his soul. I want to point something out to you right here that's very important about the scripture. In verse 12, we see that when God did something for them, just like when God does something for us, we're all overjoyed, we're all on fire, we're so happy, it's God this, God that, okay? We want to sing his praise, we want to give God a thanksgiving, but when something don't go wrong, or when something don't go right, we forget the way that God handled the situation the first time. We start leaning back onto our own self. We forget the things that God did, that done in the past, and we and we don't wait on God no more. We take matters into our own hand, okay? It says that they lusted exceedingly in the wilderness, and they tempted God in the desert. Pay attention. And he gave them their request, but he sent leanness into their soul. I want you to understand something. The word leanness is never intended to be in your, in your Bible, okay? That word is not in Hebrew, Aramaic. Uh, Latin, any of it, okay? But the, the meaning of that word means to be, eman is, is emanciation, which means to be so so severely malnutrition that you are to the point of starvation. You ever wonder why nothing's never enough for you in your life? You ever wonder why you go buy a car two weeks and the new wears off, you're ready for another one? You ever notice how you want to go buy on a new set of clothes or put on a new set of tennis shoes? That always makes you feel good, get a new haircut, get your nails done and all that. Makes you get, makes you feel good, right? But it's only temporary, before long, you need another pair of shoes. When the new wears off, you want to go buy another car. Okay? In Psalms 106, it talks about how God delivered the people from their enemies. They cried out to God and God rescued them. They sang His praises. How many times has that happened to you in your life? How many times have you cried out to God and God has rescued you? But then how many times have you done this? In the very next verse, it says that they soon forgot His works and they waited not for His counsel. That applies to everyone listening to this as well as myself, okay? They lusted. In other words, they went after their own desires. They went after their own pursuits, their own wants. And listen to what it says. It says that God gave them their request. That's the scripture. That's not from my mouth. That's from the word of God. So when I, when I say this, let me, let me be very frank with you. Do not ever think that God does not allow things in your life that was never meant for you. It says that they tempted God and God gave them their request. Do you hear me? Even after they were drawn away by their own desires, God still gave them what they asked for. But guess what he did? He sent leanness into their soul. So what that means is anything that you went after in your life, if you want to know it's from God or not, it's never been fulfilling. It's always left you empty. It's always left you wanting more and more and more and more. Can anybody relate to that? 
I can. You know, as I close out tonight, wherever you're at, I want you to think about, you know, the, the questions I asked you in the beginning. What are you pursuing in your life? What are, what are you really going after in your life? You know, are the things that you're going after the, the things of God? Do it all you can. Are the things that you're going after the things that you want? Maybe not what God per se wants for you. Okay? I want to ask you if you just close your eyes for just a minute. Because I believe that God wants to fulfill every promise He has for your life. I believe that He wants to bring fullness in your life. I believe that He wants to take away that emptiness and that void that you feel right now deep in the pit of your stomach. I believe He wants to take away the hurt. And I believe He wants to take the sadness away. I believe that He wants to do away with the addictions that you're facing. I believe it is God's want and will to fill you with a peace that passes all understanding. Because only He can give you that. Leanness brings instability into your life. But I believe that God is getting ready to plant some of you guys here. He loves your, His love for you is far beyond comprehension. He wants, you to, he wants to give it all to you. But it's all based on a condition that you have to meet. You get what you go for. I know you're tired of the struggle. I know you've been best about some of the trials of life. I've been there. It's not easy. We go through them every day. But the only way to get what God truly has for you is to lay it on the table. Lay it all down before the cross. We have to put aside our own thoughts and our own ways and our own pursuits and our own desires. Complete satisfaction in this life only comes by way of sacrifice. Perhaps one of my favorite illustrations in the Bible tells of a prodigal son. How a young man received his inheritance from his father. How he goes out and pursues his own desires with no thoughts for consequence. He went out and did the things of his own ways. More like, you know, like a lot of us, we go out and do things our own ways. But friends, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't have it all figured out like he thought he did. His own ways and his own desires only left him eaten to only left him empty to the point that he was eaten with the pigs. I believe leanness is an understatement at this point. I tend, believe, I tend to believe that we must be near the point of starvation before he decided to return home. His pride had to be crushed. His boastfulness was nowhere in sight. But sometimes that's what it takes for us to get to the point of realizing that we don't have it figured out. We haven't worked. It hadn't worked out for us so far. Our desires have only left us in addictions, bankruptcy, divorce, custody battles, unemployment lines. The list could go on and on. But I'm telling you how the story ends. You see, the young boy, he had had enough. He realized that he couldn't take it anymore without his father. So he returned home. And the Bible says that when the father seen the boy coming from afar off, whoo, do you know what that means? In order for the father to see the boy coming from far off, he had to be looking for him. He had to be waiting for him. Amen. The Bible says that he ran to his son and he met him and embraced him and he kissed him. The father didn't care where, he's, where the son had been. He didn't care how much money he spent. And he didn't care how long he'd be gone. He wasn't trying to keep track of all the wrongs. All he cared about was his son was home. I want you to know that it doesn't matter where you've been in life. It doesn't matter what you've done in this life. All that matters is that the ways that you're pursuing are the ways of God. And your pursuit only comes by way of Jesus Christ. I believe that God is looking out the window today waiting to see some of you guys coming across the field. He wants to love on you. He wants to bless you. He wants to feel that void that you've been walking around for so long on your shoulders. He wants to lift the weight of the world off your shoulders today.